human. Thank you. And what you think you would say, you might say, ah, to love, that's human. Or maybe communication, communication language is unique to human beings. Or there's a saying actually in our culture, to err, to make errors, that's human. Just hold that question in your mind, what does it mean to be human? Here at Charlotte Chapel, we believe the Bible's teaching uh, that Jesus Christ is fully God. The second person of the Holy Trinity, eternal and infinite, and yet became a man. In our short time today, we're going to look at the humanity of Jesus. And we're going to be in Second Hebrew, uh, Hebrews 2, verse 17. <clears throat> Not Second Hebrews, that's no such book. <clears throat> Hebrews 2, verse 17. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. That means he took on a body. Uh, my wife, Jody is uh, six months pregnant, and it's been a joy recently to feel uh, my baby daughter kick and move and wriggle around. Probably not so much of a joy for Jody, um, but it's amazing. Uh, and it struck me, particularly this week, probably preparing this talk, uh, that God became a human baby. Jesus became a fetus, was fed through an umbilical cord, was covered in amniotic fluid, and was, uh, was um, reliant upon the food that his mother ate, uh, and like most children, would have been nursed at his mother's breast. What humility that the Lord of glory would lower himself to take on a body and to enter into a broken world. Not just in the appearance of man either, but fully human. He ate food and he was satisfied, but he also knew what it was like to hunger. He experienced rest from sleep, but he knew what it was like to be weary from exhaustion. And the gospel writers, Paul and the apostles, they stress at length that Jesus was truly human, made like them, fully human in every way. But obviously we humans, we're not just matter, we're not just bags of chemicals. There's actually an invisible side to humanity. We possess a nature as well. And for Christ to be fully human, he took on a body, yes, but he also took on a human nature. The ancient creeds and confessions took pains to write these truths down because that's what the Bible teaches. Fully God and fully man, two glorious natures in one wonderful person. Jesus became fully human and yet remained deity, remained God. He knew loss and he wept. Jesus said uh, in the garden uh, that he was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He experienced acute agony, sweating drops of blood. This was real, real life, real suffering, ending in real death. Jesus also learned obedience. As a child, he learned to obey his parents, his human parents, his human mother Mary and his stepfather Joseph, all the while obeying his father in heaven. And Hebrews 5.8 tells us that he learned obedience from what he suffered. But this wasn't purposeless suffering either, not, uh, or purposeless obedience. There was a reason, and that's the second half of verse 17. In order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. 
we kind of have an understanding about the idea of exchange. To use an analogy, you go into the post office and you take in some uh, Scottish money and you expect to get an exchange rate of kind of equal value, give or take. Um, you support a football team, uh, one player comes off, you expect them to be substituted for one of equal quality. That's the hope anyway. So we have an idea about exchange. We human beings require an exchange. We require a substitute. If you look at verse 16, it says that, that Jesus, it wasn't the, the angels that he came to help, but it was those of flesh and blood. Abraham's descendants, that's us, humans. See, only a human can substitute for human lives. So how human did he become? Fully human. Like Jesus walked the streets of Galilee and without his own self-revelation, people would have just walked past him. That's how close he came. Emmanuel, God with us. He entered into our world completely, taking on humanity completely in order that he might rescue us completely. As the high priest in the Old Testament offered the sacrifice on behalf of the people, so Christ, the God-man, offered himself as the perfect sacrifice on behalf of all those who would believe in him. Him in exchange for us, the divine exchange. This is amazing and this should bring our hearts to joyous worship and praise. Because aside from the obedience and the sacrifice of Jesus, we have absolutely nothing to offer God. We are broke, we are bankrupt. But Hebrews continues, Hebrews 10, 10 says that we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Praise God. His sacrifice brings atonement. That's what verse 17 tells us, being at one with God. That's the removal of the guilt of our sins, uh, since we've com the sins that we've committed, and uh, the satisfaction of justice in the courts of heaven. Atonement. And it doesn't stop there either. Um, as our high priest, uh, when we're tempted, we can rest in the knowledge that he is able to sympathize with us. Verse 18, the next verse says, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This is phenomenal, that the God of all creation knows our intimate struggles. He knows the things that we wrestle with in secret, the doubts and the pains that come with living in a fallen world. And not just because of his omniscience, not just because he knows everything, but because of his experience, because he lived it. He was tempted in every way, Hebrews 4.15 says, and yet trusted his father in reliance on the spirit and therefore he was without sin. So back to our question, what does it mean to be human? I'll say this, to love, to obey and to follow God and his word. And Jesus was our perfect example. And he also made the way possible for us because we now have a great high priest in the heavens who can fully sympathize with our condition for he's lived it without sin. So it's church of prayer. Um, just some thoughts that we can uh, pray to God with. Maybe you want to lift up a song of praise or a prayer of praise. Praise that Jesus in his humanity remained devoted to God the Father fully through trial and rejection and pain and suffering, because of love, he followed God's will fully. Maybe you want to reflect on um, how it uh, impacts our uh, corporate love for one another as a church, uh, that we all need Jesus and his work as mediator, 
and that this actually encourages all to point, to point one another to him and not to ourselves as the only one that can help us. Maybe you need comfort and you want to pray for comfort. When we feel uh, lonely or tired or, or low or weary, uh, when we face enemies from each side or, or even when we fear death, we know that our loving Savior has literally tasted it for us and he can help where help is needed. Maybe you want to confess tonight that our emotions often sinfully turn to anger, and, but our great high priest has lived on this earth with all the same stresses and strains that life brings, with temptation to fear, temptation to worry, uh, temptation uh, that maybe uh, he's not on the right path. There's temptation there. Take this cup from me, and yet he didn't sin. We can confess that he'll cleanse us from all of our sin if we confess to him, 1 John 1, 9. And lastly, maybe you will just want to reflect on and meditate on the humility of Christ. Thinking about Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 8, and just think about what the implications were of Christ's taking uh, humanity onto himself, what this, what this meant for him. Thinking about what he gave up, the glory of heaven, the praise and the fellowship of his Father, um, and what he took on, the servanthood leading to death. And just think about how this humility is an example of, for us to follow.